here's the situation. You're hired by J.J. Abrams to come up with five TV shows that have interesting hooks to pull you into the show. But he says, don't worry about it. You need not ever come up with a solution or an ending to any of these. I just need five attention grabbers. Go. Okay. Oh, boy. I will. I'll, I'll try not to... I always say it. I'm going to try not to think about it, but I feel like I need sometimes to think about those a little bit because, you know, like cause sometimes they, they need thought. Well, I, well, let's introduce ourselves. I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation. This is a podcast, a real podcast about hypothetical situations like the one that Rush just presented. And this week's theme is The Lost Supper. So I'm, I'm I think that's clearly from Lost, which also... I uh, tried to come up with one for that, and it just seemed like I think I, I think I started immediately thinking of some Deus Ex Machina kind of setup for for you, and I I abandoned it. So I I I, lo- I lost that train of thought and came up with hopefully some other some other interesting ones of which you have heard of none of these, right? That's right. Okay, I haven't heard any of yours. You haven't heard any of mine. As as always. So let's dive in. Yeah, well, I mean, we're a minute, we're one minute and thirty four seconds in, and we haven't done an actual situation yet. So like this, right. we're doing what we swore we'd never do—just dawdle and dawdle and dawdle. So, Rush, here's the yeah. situation: I'm going to give you a location and some things found there. Rush, I'd like you to tell me what the one thing is that's been lost from this okay. from this location. Cool. Got it. And yep. based on the theme, we'll start with a supper. So this is a supper plate, and what we do see on there still is. Pork prepared with rosemary, a pea and mint puree, a hunk of rye bread, and what? What's been lost? Uh, somebody sat down, and I, I don't approve of this move, but they sat down and just took the applesauce down first. <laughs> okay. So there was an applesauce right on that plate, and they decided to eat it first. Maybe a little baby wandered up to this? Yeah, yeah wandered up to this plate, and yeah. That's yep. what happened. If this is a wedding. Yeah. This and is little... the, uh, the seated dinner. <laughs> and and one couple brought their, their young child, and everybody's already upset uh. with them. And then they fed the uh, the baby the applesauce. All right, Rush, how about this? Um, uh, this is a shelf in a cabin. There's a 500-piece puzzle. There's a backgammon board, a chess and checkers combination uh, combination box, a deck of cards, and what is... Uh, lost. Yeah, that's a pretty kind of uh, down the middle. Yep. Yeah. And and, and I, dare I say, disappointing. <laughs> it's uh, game collection. It's a real rental property collection. You know, I should have said that. It's it's like a, a shelf of a cabin that gets rented out. You know. I feel like I've seen that game game set up time and time yep. again. And unfortunately, like the the last thing that goes with that is an old backgammon set that's missing a couple of pieces. So even if you wanted to learn backgammon, you can't pull it off. All right, I did. I did mention there was a backgammon set there. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yep. there you go. See, I, it was so. Uh, all right. So then the next one that would be there. Oh boy. Um, yeah, there is the the absolute worst. The absolute worst. There is Monopoly okay. Junior. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I, I was I was just trying to think like, well, maybe there's Uno or some shit like that, or you know, like there's not going to be anything that wasn't <laughs> available at like, you, you know, every, every every even grocery store yeah. in the in the 
early nineties, yep. late eighties. Yeah, that, that's that's election. Like old maid or something. All right, how about um, this? Is a drawer in the kitchen, Rush, but it's at the lesser used part of the kitchen. It's down. It's like the last drawer down the end, and in that yep. drawer, there's an extension cord, some loose batteries. There's a mini flashlight that may or may not work. There's a roll of tape, a couple of menus, and what has been lost. Uh, so someone just just went in there and took the six <laughs> remaining soy sauce packets okay. and used them for some or some for some reason like those. I always end up with a drawer that's got batteries and like uh, like old barbecue like extra barbecue sauces and soy sauces. Yeah, I hear you. It's a, it's definitely a it's definitely two thirds of a MacGyver um, concoction, you know. Like, turns out that if you combine soy sauce with batteries, it starts a fire immediately, you know. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, didn't know they were incombustible. All right, here's the the center console of a car, or you know, just that little like cup area that may not even be cup shaped. It might be a little square area, but in there right now are coins, a couple pieces of mint gum. There's a phone cord. A parking receipt and what's been lost. Oh boy, you really hit on the. the uh, I was gonna say parking receipt, and then you said it. I was gonna re redo my thing where I say backgammon when they're already <laughs> said backgammon. I was gonna do a parking receipt. Okay, um, I'm gonna say the other. The other thing is there's just a stray uh, golf ball. Oh yeah, perfect. Yep, exactly. All right, Rush. Um, there's a biblical dinner going on. All right. Um, there's a Jesus. There's some apostles. There's a long table, some bread, some wine, and something's been lost. What's been lost? <laughs> uh, well, Judas is one of the apostles, so I'm going to say that. Uh. I think they kicked out the guy who requested to split to split the check. Okay, you know, and who was like, who was like, wait a second, I didn't have any of the fish. Like Jesus made all the fish and the bread, and I only had the bread, guys. And uh, it was it was an apostles plus one named like Ron or something like yeah. that. It was like, like uh, come on, Ron. And they, were, they were just like, you know what, Ron? Like we'll pay for you. you just, right. just get out of here. Ron. And right before they took the picture of everybody too. They, they Right. Or they had Ron take the picture. Ron take the picture and then get the hell out of here. Yeah, right, yeah. Get take a quick snap of it and he's like, Well, uh, you know, if I put it on my camera, then I get it developed. That's one twenty fourth of the roll of uh, film and I'm gonna have to charge you again. They're like, Ron, Ron. You know. All right, Rush, this is the jacket of a kid's um a kid's party magician. Oh, nice. There's a, um, a a bird, a wand with flowers inside. Yeah. There's some interlocking rings. Yep. Three red styrofoam balls. Yes. A lot of handkerchiefs. Yep. And something's been lost. A flask, uh, uh, a <laughs> flask full of uh, cut rate bourbon. It's like old granddad bourbon. <laughs> well, what trick? What trick does that go with, Rush? Uh, it goes with all of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, we had a uh, we had a real drunk magician come when I was in fourth or fifth grade, uh, like like one of those kind of clown birthday party magicians. And I remember that was a that was we 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 laughed about that for years. 
because he really put on a show uh, unintentionally. <laughs> and uh, we, we ran around. We went and hid because, I mean, he was like, volunteers. You know, I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. All right, right. So last one. This is an old-timey, real bona fide blues man's suitcase. The su- suitcase of a real bona fide blues man. He's got a fresh shirt. He's got a half a bottle of booze. There's a harmonica, a loaded pistol, and what has been lost from this blues man's suitcase. I'm going to say there's there's one red $5 chip oh, from yes. uh, the casino. Hell yeah. Uh, from where he, he found it, you know, in his pocket on after he thought he had been completely cleaned out. And it's yeah. a rough, yeah. rough session. I love it. All right, great. Uh, okay, TJ, Lost Supper. Uh, here's the situation. All right. You are Warren Buffet. Okay. Uh, spelled the same as the Oracle of Omaha, the world's finest uh-huh. uh, investor, yep. but uh, pronounced differently. This is Warren Buffet. <laughs> okay. And you are a buff, absolute buffet expert. <laughs> okay. And somebody comes to you and they say, look, I'm, I'm lost at buffets. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to do. And... And you, you're going to give your advice for the best way to tackle a buffet for different for different ways. Okay. okay. And right. so the first, I'm going to start with that somebody comes to you and they're like, Mr. Buffet, Mr. Warren Buffet, <laughs> uh, I'm at a... Uh, I, you know, I say, please, my father was Mr. Buffet. Just call me Warren, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Warren... Um, <laughs> I am at a Vegas buffet for the first time. I want to make sure I get my money's worth. Yeah, right. What's yeah. the best way to actually get an economical value for, for my buffet approach? Yeah. So, I mean, well, you start at, my guess is it's like there's some sort of salad. You're going to skip anything salad Just, okay. you know, forget salad. Unless there's a like a lobster salad or a crab salad there, and you really want to try and pound out, but but don't 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 do that. Don't drink anything right now. Don't don't have like don't have a big soda right now. You know uh, anything like that. Go to the end right where right before where the desserts start and see what's see what's down there. Because uh, I think I think you're gonna find like. That's where some of your highest, highest quality, you know, highest money meets are. Um, unless they're organized by nationalities and stuff, unless it's like Italian section, Mexican section, U.S., you know, Chinese or whatever. If it's like that, then, then you probably won't find these right by, right by the desserts. But go to anything that needs to turn over on a regular basis. Like that guy can't stand out there all day long slicing the same, like, the same hunk of hunk of roast beef, uh, you know, for like 12 hours. So that's probably going to have to be sort of on the fresher side more, you know, because that's got to, that's got to turn over. Look for, look for, um, look for seafood because that's going to have to have been brought in and reasonably fresh. So they, they can't, they can't get you there. Um, and then yeah, I would stay away from anything that that can be frozen and produced on mass. I wouldn't I wouldn't hit the pastas, you know, like don't do anything that seems designed to fill you up. See if you can also go a little low salt too because that's going to keep you away from the bevies and those bevies are really are going to take up valuable valuable tummy space. Uh, are there one or two like absolute traps that I that I need to avoid, like kind of classic mistakes where I'm going to get low value? Oh, like don't don't hit a mac and cheese here or something like that, you know? Like just yeah. 
Because rice, rice, pastas, you know that that stuff you eat and you know you buy for the for the bomb shelter. You can get you know forty pounds of rice for for six bucks. So um, so yeah, don't don't hit any of those any of those bulky grains for for sure. You yeah, know? no mashed potatoes. Ice. No, That's no, good. no, 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 nothing, nothing you could make pretty easily for yourself at home. You know, um, what's a potato? Four cents. <laughs> right. Uh, now they say now, Mister Mister Buffet. Yeah, uh, sorry, Warren. Yeah, um, please. I'm going to uh, Fogo de Chow. Oh yeah. I, I'm not a big uh, meat eater, and so what I want to do is I really want to stock up on a on a great. They got they have like a a salad buffet. Yeah. Yeah. That has got basically everything. What ought I, what should I put together really to maximize the best? Uh, the, the kind of best salad buffet I could have. Here's here's um one I, I should have thought of, and I it will be the one exception to the rule to the previous person as well as as far as like getting dollar value. The one item you really might want to hammer over at that salad area are the hearts of palm. Those things are expensive. They're also light. You can have a ton of them. That might be a good item if you really want to do some financial damage in the uh, in the salad bar in the salad bar area. Well, again, to make the most of your salad area, what what kind of uh, salads do you normally like? Do you like lettuce based salads? Are you more of like a pasta based salad person? Do you like potato salads? What sort of couscous, lentils? What what kind of salads are your are your you know your mainstay? I mean, I'm usually a lettuce salad person, but I'm wide open. Oh, okay. You mentioned a lot of interesting styles of salads. Yeah. So, I mean, I, what I want, though, is I want, you know, we're paying 40 bucks for, for all this steak. I'm not going to eat the, the, the cuts of beef. So, I want to, I probably want something filling. Give me a good filling salad. Well, here's one that's, that it can fill you up and you're still going to feel okay by yourself. If you go with some of these ancient grains, if you go with quinoa quinoa salads, you can go, um, if they have like a, a couscous, a tabbouleh salad. Some people really like it. It's a little too parsley based for for me. Um, I, I, I also will like to use a salad as an ingredient in my lettuce salad. So I might put pasta salad on my lettuce salad and have it have it kind of work its way work its way in there um also don't shy away from the meats as far as your your um, lettuce salads go if you want to go lettuce salad there's usually if it's a nice salad bar you're going to get some nice ham chunks out there some nice big chicken chunks if you want to they'll usually have some grilled some grilled chicken um, me, I like a lot of dressing. That's my, that's my, that's my downfall. But if you can just go, you know, um, with sort of vinegar and, you know, and some spices, then you leave yourself some room to, to really hammer home some more of the, uh, some more of the, uh, um, uh, some more substantial salad bar ingredients. I also really love a good bean that, that, that does, that does right by me. Kidney beans, chickpeas or garbanzos uh what what have you i, I like a nice i like uh, a nice kind of meat substitute bean there nice and then the last uh, person in line to speak to uh, warren buffet comes up and says hey so i've got a uh wedding uh upcoming and mm. i'm taking a date and it's only our uh it's uh, i think it's going to be probably our third or fourth date at that point mm. and i'm curious as to how many times it's gonna be a buffet wedding? Okay. How many times am I allowed to go up and get uh, get a get a another plate without it being uh, uh, kind of a pure gluttonous or, or untoward? And and to the uh, similar end, 
how how full am I allowed to pack my plate without yep. it uh, without it looking uh, excellent question uh, looking like it's in bad taste. Yeah, you can go up. You you can go up one other time. You can take that initial trip and then you can go back up. Get as much as you can on the plate the first time without it being without it looking goofy. You know, like because then then that you'd kind of rule out a second trip. Like in anyone's mind, they'd be like, "That fella had enough." So fill it to what looks like kind of a normal dinner plate at that point. Maybe a little extra because you can also say like, "Oh man, there's going to be a line." You know, you have a little bit of justification as to why you might slightly overpile it, and then you can go up one other time. You can say like, "Oh, I wish." Uh, if you need excuses, um, here are some ones that I've used. Oh, you know what I didn't have a chance to try was the fill in the blank or good. the uh, boy was 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 the fill in the blank good. I, I you know I got to have a little bit more of that or you know make it feel like you, maybe you you haven't had it before or whatever. <laughs> You're like oh I gotta I you know who knows when I'll have a chance to have have that again. Can I get you anything? That is great too. And then if they say no. Put something on there that you want and say, just in case you changed your mind, I grabbed a little bit of this nice. blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe That's I'll eat great. it. Maybe if you don't want it, but, but, uh, you know, just in case you change your mind. That's a great trick. And, and if she says, Hey, will you get me a plate? Uh huh. What, what are some like do's and don'ts for uh, getting, filling up somebody else's buffet? Don't, plate? don't take any spice chances. Don't, don't, you know, don't, if there's the, uh, like something, you know, the, sriracha something something don't don't do it you stick okay. go middle of the road mild something that could be solved easily with a little salt and pepper if it's under seasoned but once something is once something's hot seasoned you can't unhot it you know yeah yeah i was thinking i would just i would just do three laps to the omelet station <laughs> and just come back with three omelets for <laughs> if you're making a plate for a stranger think of it as you're making a plate for like a 13 year old you know, like go, go like that kind of, that kind of safety foods, you know, two, two steps past just buttered noodles or, um, but, oh man, buttered noodles. Never mind. Make it like you're getting a plate for a three-year-old and just bring back some buttered noodles. Nice. Oh boy. Would that be no one in their right mind is going to complain about that. Nobody. Ah, oh, all right. It was that, I hope, I That's hope that good. was, I hope that was responsive, responsive with a name like Warren Buffet. I, I should, I should have these answers at the ready. All right, Rush. It's my second uh, situation, which means it's always the heavy duty. This is where right. this is where I put the heavy duty, the 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 basically situationless situation. So, Rush, here's the situation. Um, you don't need to use any names, but this subject interests me. Um, I'd like you to speak about a friendship that you've lost, um, how it got lost, and why uh, it, and why it hasn't been found again. So basically, the broad strokes of a lost uh, of a lost friendship. I feel like most of the most of my friendships that I, I no longer have are are really just a function of kind of space and time. Okay. I, I think that I mean I, I guess I've had a few where there's been a specific falling out, but that's that's more rare. Uh, for me, M- more often than not, instead, it's simply, you, you know, they say that you, uh, you lose half your friends, you re- replace half your friends or whatever, 50% of your friends turn over every seven years. That's the, uh, conventional wisdom. I have no idea how accurate that is. Um, uh, 
I have no idea if there's any studies or anything that, that suggests that, but that's what I've, I've heard uh, said on, on many occasions. And I think that the rationale uh, for that is usually a, a, a distance and time situation. Um, there are certainly, so I, if I think back to the friendships that I, that I had that were, you know, you have a lot of friendships that are, secondary tertiary level friendships that fall apart easily. And that's unsurprising, right? Because you, you know, your 18th best friend in high school in college in law school, you know, it's not all that likely you're going to keep in touch with them. Right. Because, you know, you don't have a limitless time to be friends with, with everybody you've ever been friends with. Uh, when it's a really close friend, I think for me, it has to do with, um, you know, we're just both in a spot where for whatever reason, for a stretch of our lives, um, I've had, I've had people that I was like very closely creatively collaborating with. And, um, I think those like really close friendships, they're hard to maintain over distance, they're hard to maintain when you're not uh, spending a ton of time uh, together. And so they just kind of, you, you know, sometimes it's like the, the deepest, closest friendships are the ones that are hardest to uh, maintain at a surface level. Uh-huh. So going back to the like, you, you know, maybe my relationship, maybe to contradict myself a little bit, my relationship with my 18th best friend and high school is maybe pretty similar, right? Because it was already kind of surface and uh-huh. it's like, Oh, Hey, there's this guy or girl, like nice to see you again, you know, easy to pick it back up. It's about the same. But when you've had a, um, when you've had a much closer friendship, I always feel like it's a little trickier to, uh, to, to put it, to have it operate on a more, a more surface level, especially kind of on the phone or via email or yeah. whatever. So instead, you know, you, you try to connect with those folks uh, in person, but, you know, geography gets in the way. Have you ever had a an argument or some sort of conflict completely break, completely destroy a friendship for good? Yeah. Really? And And the nature of that argument, was it like once... Once it became clear, it was like, okay, this friendship is broken, may, you know, per, perhaps destroyed. Then was the nature of the the conflict so egregious that it was like, I'll, I'll never be able to get over this, or was it like, I just don't care enough to so to try and sew this back together to to either put myself out there, either apologize and or be vulnerable enough if uh, to ask for an apology to to you know to rekindle to rekindle this. Both. So I haven't had many of these instances, but um, I can think of one instance where it was just a complete lack of trust. You know? Okay. And and at that point, I was I was just done, and and it wasn't uh, it it wasn't the result of a, a, a long series of problems. It was just uh, a couple major incidents that were not you know tolerable on 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 my end, and then. Uh, I think uh, the 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 other one though was more of you know I mean I, and I, 
different, you just have different styles of friendships with different people. But, um, there are some folks that I have that are, we've talked about this before that are like, you know, you end up in more fights. Uh-huh. Uh, and so usually you have to, um, you know, depending on the personality of the, the other person, I would say I'm like pretty slow to apologize, but I ultimately usually will. Uh-huh. Um, I have some friends that, that are even slower or perhaps never will. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can just think of one instance where I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of like, I'm, I'm tired of giving like apologies that I don't think I should have to give. Uh-huh. And yeah. This is like the sixth time. So, you know, I, I can, I can kind of move on uh, from this one, but you know, look, I, I feel like I've had, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of close friendships. I think that's part of being, you know, I, going to graduate school helps because now you have three totally separate uh-huh, sets of right. kind of school pseudo friends. adult right. school friends and then <laughs> living in Chicago in between. And, you know, I've just, and then I, I think I've been very lucky in that, in that regard. And so it's certainly a very small percentage where I haven't been able to work out a problem. That yeah. Had. And just for our listeners, in case you hear a little snore, that's our that's our new dog Lucy, who I don't know if I've introduced, who's a little bit pug, a little bit Boston Terrier, um, a little bit uh, maybe a little bit pig, maybe a little bit pig. We Lucy think. Uh, FK FKA uh, Karen. Yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. She was uh, before on the game. Show was Karen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't say I dispute the, the decision to to go with a different name. <laughs> We were going to turn, you know, we really were going to make it a PR thing to turn the name Karen around with this beautiful little, little example of, uh, of life. But she, when we said the name Lucy, she, she turned around immediately. Like, you know, her true name had been spoken. So we decided to, uh, decided to, to go, to go with her original name. I, uh, true names, by the way, one of the most interesting topics in fantasy literature. Yeah. Obviously a trope. Yeah. Usually it's, it's, yeah, often a secret and, or, um, quite often a way that you can control someone. If you find out their, their true, their true name, they become subject to, uh, enchantments and, you know, and stuff like, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. It's the identity theft of the, uh, the fantasy. (laughs) All right, buddy. Hit me. That was, that was all I have for that one. All right. Good stuff. Um, okay. TJ, uh, here's the situation. Yep. I'm going to uh, go over a list of items that are indispensable to a variety of folks at a variety of times in human history. Okay. And I want you to give me on a scale of 1 to 100 how important this item is in your life. Right now. Current day. Right now. Excellent. In your life. Can do. On a scale of 1 to 100. These are things that that I tried to pick things that were a hundred for certain people at certain times in human history. Okay. Yep. Uh, and, and you'll see how I, it kind of ties into <laughs> the theme on the first one, which is a compass. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a two man. Maybe, maybe a one, uh, but pra- a, a two. <laughs> yeah. Super unimportant for you. <laughs> like if you don't have a compass, the rest of your life, <laughs> yeah, be okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, maps. Maps. Um, on a, on a given day, I, I I'll say that averages out to like a forty. Yeah, pretty important. But yeah. it would be rough if there were just no maps. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm taking kind of like moving maps and stuff as as part of that, you know, like uh, Google Maps and stuff. So, yeah. That's yep. a map. Yep. Yeah, to- totally agree. That's a map. Uh, hammer. Well, when you need it, there's, there's you know, a few subs. You find a rock. But I, I of late, I've been doing more stuff with that. I'm going to say I use a hammer a little bit more than I use a map. So, 48. 48. Yeah. All right. Almost over the, over the halfway. Yeah. Uh, uh, wheels, the wheel, the, wheels. Great, the key human invention, the wheel. How often do I need a, a wheel for me? It's like a 18. No, 18. Really? I, I rarely use it. So like I, half the time, I would say more than half the time we go in the car, we don't need a map. And the only time I needed a map was in the car. So I have it as less than half of the times I need the map. Wait, you just that—that's reversed. <laughs> you just said less than half the. You said about less than half the time you're in the car, you need a map. So that would make wheels twice as valuable. Oh right, half, not half as valuable. Right. Okay. Yes. Good. Good correction. Um, but I don't we're usually. Gonna put, we're gonna put math on this one next. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Twelve. <laughs> um. So, uh, wheels. Man, I don't really need the car much for anything but groceries. All right, but it's got to be higher than 40, so 56. Okay. All right. Uh, Astrolabe. Oh, Astrolabe. God, 80. I know it's in the 80s, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a one. <laughs> uh, calculator. Calculator. Almost never. That's a, that's a five. Um, microscope. Mm-hmm. Two. Can opener. Daily. It's once a week. What's a once a week thing? 60? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So can opener so far at the top. Is that the leader? Rope. Hmm. Hmm. 15. Fire. 80. Uh... Penicillin. That's another one. Like when you need it, you need it. But I don't know when the last time. Uh, Ten. Sewing needle. Eleven. <laughs> and rock. <laughs> rock. Every day, baby. I don't know. Yeah. A hundy. I, 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 I need all that beneath me, man. Otherwise, you, know, right. you just you just sink down, sink down to the magma, you know. And goodbye. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have gotta have the Earth's surface. That's, yeah, I you, need you it. Got me there, the crust of the Earth. Yeah. All right, Rush. Well, here's the situation for you, Rush. You are contacted by the supposed synonym symposium or the assumed anti-antonym association. They oh. present you with words that are often used inter- interchangeably, and what they want to know is one. Which of these words do you use when you refer to the thing? And two, if they are indeed synonyms or if you believe something differentiates one from the other. I love it. This is great. I tried to do uh, a similar situation, but I, I I struggled to kind of Google. I was like, uh, what are what are word I, pairs like supper and dinner that are often used yeah, interchangeably I, I, not be the same? I did too. I did like common synonyms, and then it's just all synonyms for common. You know, like yeah. and and then and then it was also like I just didn't want to like 
oh, we call them grinders. They call them hoagies, you know, like, cause there's, there's a lot of like regional ones for it. So hopefully there's enough of these that, that they don't seem like it's just regional stuff. Uh, but the yes. first one is indeed dinner and supper. Uh, which one do you use? And do you consider them true synonyms? I use dinner. Um, I think supper is not quite the same as dinner. Uh, I think, I think supper can mean dinner, but it can also mean like kind of a, uh, I think of like a, a light meal, almost like a, uh, maybe, maybe kind of a, like a, a brunch, but between lunch and dinner. Oh, okay. Sometimes. So sometimes I think of like, that could be a supper, like a little, a little quick meal that you get in there. Uh, overall though, you know, nine times, nine and a half times out of 10, I think it's the same. I never say supper. I always say dinner. Okay. I don't think this is regional, but it might be. How about a cellar and a basement? Oh, uh, I think I always say basement and I, to me, there's a little bit of a connotation difference where if you think about like, if, if you take a house, okay, mm -hmm. you take the bottom floor of that house and it's large, let's say it's over 500, maybe over a thousand square feet. It's broken up into multiple rooms. Maybe it has a bedroom or guest bedroom. Maybe it has like a weight room. Maybe it has a, like a kid's play area. Okay. To me, you would never call that a cellar. Okay. That wouldn't make sense to me. That would be a basement. So, so I think that, and, and I, again, these may not be true. But I think of a, a basement as um, if it's if it's a bigger like actual livable area down there, whereas cellar to me connotes like uh, smaller underground, um, you know, like kind of a basement type thing. But like usually, like I would wine cellar, small cellar. It's a raw, like, more raw, open area. Yeah, I think of those. Uh, you know, cellar door, right? Most beautiful phrase in, in English language, they say. <laughs> uh, but I think of those, like, those uh, doors that open up both ways. And you can walk down little steps. Those hatchways, small yeah. Area hatchways, there. yeah. Um, so f a finished basement is a redundancy for you? Uh, well, no. Uh, but basement includes finished basement and maybe kind of cellar, whereas cellar is... is is would never be the finished basement okay um how about this one i i grew up with this term but i don't know if everybody did i did not grow up with this second term but how about a cruller and a long john do you use those interchangeably and do you use one of those words if you refer to those things i'm confused by all of them okay <laughs> i don't know what the bear claw is and i i so at my work they have um for years and years i don't know if they still do it but it, at least once a week fridays but i think it was twice a week they would bring in donuts and crawlers and long johns and bear claws and eclairs and stuff. And they would have like the, the cake donuts. And if I got there early, I'd sneak one of those cake donuts and they would bring like maybe eight cake donuts and then like maybe a dozen kind of things that might be crawlers or long johns okay. or whatever. <laughs> and never was one of those touched in the, in oh, the okay. years that I watched it. Whereas the donuts were gone every single day. My, my brothers and I, we loved, it was honey dip crullers. So it was, you know, just that simple glaze 
and it was kind of elongated and twisted in the middle, yep. almost like a pretzel twist in the middle. But, you know, where I always thought it was a long john, maybe that was more of like almost a, a square cut eclair almost, that it was one piece. But but I don't know, because I, I, I think I've seen people point to both and use them interchangeably, you know, in, in, in phrases. Yeah, I, so. I, I can't help you there, unfortunately. How about this one, Rush? Because I think it was one when I was growing up, and now it's a different one, but maybe they're different things. How about club soda and seltzer water? Uh, when you find out the answer, let me know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I use... I say seltzer water more often, but I, I don't say either anymore. I say sparkling water all the time. Okay, and gotcha. For me, right. for me, the difference, which is totally not correct but I, I i think of sparkling water as i'm buying it to drink on its own as water i'm not going to mix it with anything oh, okay gotcha and if, I, if it's seltzer or club soda i'm usually getting flavorless to to mix with something so if i get um you know but but if i order like a sparkling water at a restaurant and they're like oh okay uh, get him a, a club soda i'm always like oh, no, no, no. You know, it sounds <laughs> It sounds like something that shouldn't be drank on its own. Right. That's, that's what happens. All right. This is in reference to being in a car rush. How about an accident and a wreck? To me, I'll use both of those words. But if I use wreck, it usually um, suggests something more severe than accident. Okay. Accident would be like a broader term that would include fender benders and uh, other stuff, whereas a wreck, um, I also like, and I'm not saying this is correct, but if, if you, if you ram your car into a, a, if you have a single car accident into a, you know, telephone pole or whatever, I'm probably going to call it an accident rather than a wreck. Oh, okay. I, I think of, for me, a wreck usually involves multiple vehicles. Oh, okay. Interesting. Cool. Now these these I could have sworn as a kid were different things, but I feel like I hear them interchangeably now. So how about an album and a record? I, I use those interchangeably. I don't know what the. Uh, I, I guess like. I, I guess what I might say is that an album I think of as a uh, collection of songs put together by an artist. Uh, that is designed to be listened in a specific order. Okay. Whereas a record, um, I'm, I'm, I might mean separately and, and distinctly like a vinyl uh, disc that is played on a record player. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that I often use those interchangeably. So I would say, what's your favorite record? I would, I would assume that's kind of the same as what's your favorite album. Okay. All right, you got to uh, address a, a, a you know a gathering of people. Are you giving a speech or a talk, and are they the same? I, I've never liked the term talk. Okay. For those like the TED Talk and and everything, I guess it's designed to make it feel less like you're you're breaking down the status barrier between the speaker and a speech. You know, a talk feels more conversational, right? Like, you know. Hey, we're all just in this together. We're having a talk, but it's not a talk. Like it's a speech because the guy's up there and he's not like he's, he's not like he's doing 50% of the conversation and working with the audience for the rest. Right. Like maybe he fields a couple uh, questions, but it's like an improv show where you have a suggestion or two. So to me, like a talk would be different and it's, it's improperly used in these, uh, in these settings where it's like, Oh yeah, I, I went to this talk. No, you didn't. Yeah, you went to a speech. 
you went to a presentation. <laughs> right. 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 If you, yeah. And here's the last one. Are these the same? And do you use one or uh, or the other? Uh, preferably, fate and destiny. I don't think of those as being any different. It's they're interesting because destiny's like a prettier sounding word, a more flowery word, but fate to me has a little more like gravitas to right. it. Like we're we seem to struggle with the deep questions about uh, fate versus free will, <laughs> and we don't seem to struggle with it on destiny versus if, if, free will. It also feels like if. If one of these ends on a throne, it was destiny. One of them ends at the bottom of a pit, it was fate. That's it. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe destiny is a little bit more like positive. It's also like, you know, like a stripper's name. Sounds like a TV show, you know, that could uh-huh. be like uh, pretty good. Or like, you know, Destiny Island or something could be like a real, real uh, pulpy uh, reality show. That that would go over. Uh, I think that would get a stronger uh, audience yeah. than Fate Island. All <laughs> right, all right, all right. Those were those. All right, good good work finding a bunch of those. Those were good ones. I I struggled on that and uh, basically basically gave up. Uh, it, it was just <laughs> like I did on the J.J. Abrams one. So you know, we both had we both had one that we muscled through. You know. <laughs> yeah. Here is uh, this is kind of a dumb idea that I have. I love but it. I'm going to make you go through it. Uh, I Here's love the it. situation. Yes, you get hired by Hasbro. Okay. In their toy division, and somebody comes to you and says, "We got a new idea for a, a line of stuffed toys. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest thing since the My Little Ponies and the Care Bears mm-hmm. and everything else. And they're going to be called Supper Heroes. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's superheroes that are animals." <laughs> And uh, they each have like a different like food that they really love, and you got to pick an animal and match it, match him to a food, okay, or, uh, or her to a food. And those are going to be like there's going to be a core team of like eight to ten supper heroes, okay. And they want you. They're like, that's all we got. You got to come up with who is the core, who's the core group. So like, who's the fun shine bear, or who's the you know. Uh, snake eyes from gi joe like you know who, who are the 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 key supper heroes that are gonna that are gonna sell this thing and they can be and they can be any kind any kind of animals any kind of animals they want they would prefer kind of avoid like cannibalism yeah. problems okay yeah you have like you know the cow that loves beef but uh you know you do whatever you want to do i'm gonna try and stick with i'm gonna try and stick with uh herbivores Okay. Just for the just for the sake of ch- sake of children, so it might get me a little barnyardy. But the horse's name is Macintosh, and his oh. and his thing is apples, um, and it makes him super strong and super fast. So he can pull things, he can blast through walls, he can, um, you know, he can um, jump super high. But he's, he's he's strong and fast for the duration, Popeye style, spinach wise. Nice. Um, yeah. I love so Macintosh. I mean, first of all, you're giving him two of the great superpowers, super strength and super speed. So I'm taking it that that Macintosh is going to be one of the key, like focal kind of leaders of the superhero. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. So really good, really good start. We're, we're thrilled with Macintosh <laughs> that you got a winner right off the bat. There's a pig called Cobb and his his thing is corn. And what he can do is basically, he wouldn't use it against people, 
but he can if he like eats a bunch of corn, he can shoot it out like a machine gun kind of like so if like someone's trying to escape in this cart, he can like shoot the wheels out of the cart or you know or like someone's trying to climb a ladder, he can like kind of shoot the rungs off out the off the ladder with uh with his with his corn. So it's like a Tommy gun corn delivery pop 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 kind of thing. Yeah, he's going to be like the Hawkeye of uh from the Avengers of, of the superheroes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's I, I, the only, my only, uh, constructive <laughs> criticism on yeah, Cobb yeah. is I don't know. I don't know that I, I, I think the pig is the right animal for, for the shooting, but I, I'm not sure I have a better one yet, but I, I, I wonder if there's, you know, a different animal that I feel like would be the great marksman. You know, the, uh-huh. great, uh, the great shooter. I'll but give anyway. I'll give them to you. I'll give them you, uh, to you right here. There's a panda named Boo, uh, for bamboo, and he can he can shoot like um his arrows and stuff. He can shoot air shoots and arrows, literally like shoots and and uh shoots as oh, nice. arrows. Like okay. so. Bamboo shoots, yeah. yeah, like Pamba panda eats shoots and leaves or whatever. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so. This is Boo the panda. And he can take like a panda reed and bend it bow style and then shoot like, you know, stalks and shoots at people. So he can, he can do it. that. I love it. He's, he, uh, yeah, he, he, he may, uh, uh, what's the word? He, um, he, he may relegate Cobb to uh, second <laughs> status, right? Because you, you already got this guy. He's, he's this phenomenal archer. And then Cobb's like, hey, I, let me shoot my, uh, let me shoot my corn. <laughs> All right, and the last one, I haven't quite figured this. Hold on, I maybe Okay. He's there's um there's a goat named Toulouse. Um this is the this is the stretch. So I don't have this fully formed yet, but he can eat anything in a can. And so he's like a can can. That got me to Toulouse for the goat. So because Toulouse Lautrec would do ah, like okay. can can dancer, you know, posters and stuff. So he's kind of like um um sort of like a mecha- mechanical engineer. So he'll like eat a bunch of cans of stuff and then take the the metal raw materials to form something that they need, like um you know like telephones, uh, string telephones that they can talk on or or um. Or whatever little like mechanic they need like a little drill to to drill through the through the side of the like barn door or something. He like he eats three cans of stuff and then then is able to like kind of crink 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 the can into that into that tool. So Toulouse, Boo, Cobb, and Macintosh are the the founding the founding mothers and fathers of the uh, of the superheroes. All right, great great stuff. <laughs> I feel like there should be like a chameleon. Who can go invisible? Oh yeah, and master of disguise too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's like an absolute. Like he, he can. Yeah, master of disguise. I don't know what his name is going to be. Maybe he eats like ice cream, or he eats like a variety of fruits and vegetables, and can turn the color of the thing that he eats like in that order. You know, like so he'll have like grapes, so his tail's purple, and then something you know like. Whatever, whatever's white. Eat some cauliflower, so he's white for that section, and then you yeah. know, yeah, that makes sense. He's got he's got to carry around like like perfectly <laughs> colored food. All, right. the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, supper heroes. Uh, we we definitely have some winners in there, and Hasbro's excited. They think it's. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad I'm glad. 
I know I'm gonna get screwed on this deal somehow. I know I'm gonna get cut out of the money somehow by, by yeah. The, oh, yeah. Come on, they're Damn terrible. It. Damn it. Don't. All right, Rush. So here's the last one I have for you. I, I hope you I hope you like this. Um, so by changing one letter in Last Supper, it turned into the title of a painting that I thought I would maybe even be more interested in. I think if someone said, you can see a painting called The Last Supper or The Lost Supper, I think I might choose The Lost Supper. So here's the situation. I've changed one letter in some well-known names or titles, and I'd like you to tell me from uh, each of these trios, which one interests you the most? Okay. All right. So for this first one, you're interested in having a sweet treat, Rush. Would you like a minky way bar, a brownie, or a bowl of Captain Brunch? Oh. <laughs> you looked that that look looked like you ate one and burped it right there. Oh, that, that's what that's what it looked like. I mean, Captain Brunch. Uh huh. Is the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want it. No, I hear you. <laughs> it sounds gross. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I just don't think like milk should be poured over <laughs> almost anything that would go in a brunch. Yeah. So, so I got to pick Minky Way or the Brownkey. Yeah, um, br- yeah, nice Brownkey. Yeah, Brownkey. Sorry. <laughs> I think I'm going to try Brownkey. Okay. There you go. You're a nice, nice homemade Brownkey. Are right, you going to buy a car? Do you want a? Because you can, uh, uh, but the reason is like you, you could, you could change a brownie around in like you, you could twist it, you know, thirty degrees in almost any direction with what you do with a brownie, and it's going to come out like pretty good. Yeah, it's still going to be Milky similar. Way bar. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done a candy bar draft, but it wouldn't be that high. Up. No. All right. Yeah, you're going to buy a car. Yeah. Do you want a Borsche, a Tire Bird, or a Corset? Oh man! Wow. Yeah. One 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 letter is really. Uh, <laughs> I don't want a borscht. It sounds like a Russian soup. All right. Uh, cor- corset is like no. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna get like it's gonna be like a tiny rocket uh-huh. car yeah. strapped in. Strapped in. Tight. So you going so with? So we're the... gonna have to try out the tire bird. Okay. You know, interested? It sounds like some good old fashioned American muscle. It sure does. All right, uh, now you're going to have to relocate to another city. You can live in Malt Lake City, Utah. Ooh, kind of interested. You can go to New Pork City. Ooh, New Pork right. City, New Pork. Um, or Hashville, Tennessee. Okay, first of all, y- yikes <laughs> on Hashville, Tennessee. It, it's like Amsterdam in the wire. Like Hashville yeah. sounds like a, a spot they set up where they were like, all right, we're just going to let any drugs be legal in this area. And yeah. See what happens. And, it, and it, it was a failed experiment that then, you know, a few people remain in and it's just a disaster. So no thank you on Hashville. Okay. Um, New Pork City feels a little rural for me okay like I'm, I'm i've really become pretty acclimated to uh to the city life and so uh, i'm gonna try malt lake city okay um, maybe lives on all, live on the shores of the great malt lake you know yeah i mean look i love a lake you know i live i basically live on the shore of a lake as, yep. as it is and uh i, I just I, I i feel rejuvenated when i look out and see the lake every day i really like it so I assume the Great Malt Lake is going to be a good spot to hang out, and it uh-huh. sounds clean and uh, just sounds like a nice, uh, a nice place to be. Yeah, it sounds pleasant. Um, so now, Rush, you're going to go see a movie. Which of these makes you makes you intrigued? 
Bank? There, let me just ask real yeah. quick though. Are there a lot of Gormans in the Malt Lake City? <laughs> there might be. There might be. There might be some Gormans there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, boy, what do you? Like, I don't know. I mean, former former Davis Cup captain <laughs> Tom Gorman. You know, I don't know. Storman, Storman, Gorman, Thomas probably lives there. Yeah. Yeah. If there's too many Gormans, I, I'm not sure I'm going to fit in well in Malt well, Lake City. You know, go and listen to the beautiful music at the Gorman Tabernacle Choir, and uh, yeah. so listen to all those Gormans sing and see if you know, are, 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 your mind isn't changed. Um, all right, yeah. you, you had some time in your hands. You want to go check out a flick, Rush? Uh, do you want to go see Bank to the Future, Jars, <laughs> or Saying Private Ryan? Oh, boy. Staying Private Ryan. No, I'm sorry. Just uh, Saying. Just Saying saying Private Ryan. S-A-Y-I-N-G. It could be three hours of people just saying the words Private Ryan. I don't know. Um, yeah. 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 Or Bank to the Future or Jars. I mean, Jars sounds like maybe it's like M. Night Shyamalan and like it's going to be terrible. You know, it's like, oh, uh, one day they we came into town and all the all the jars were overflowing. I don't know why. Um, yeah. So I don't know about Jars. Um, That's one of my J.J. Abrams TV shows, by the way. Damn it. Now I have to good, strike good. that off the list. I've given you I've given you one yeah. for free. Um Saying Private Ryan, uh, it just sounds like a, a mess. It just sounds like a, a drama that's going to be overwrought and, and problematic. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, I don't have high hopes for Bank to the Future, no, but no, yeah. overall, I would say I'm over 60% positive on time travel movies in my lifetime. Okay. And as long as we got, you know, bank, so bank to the future, uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to mean, but I could, I, that's the one I could see. Maybe that's a Christopher Nolan, like inception style thing where, um, you you know, somehow, somehow the financial system is utilized to, (laughs) as part of this, uh, time bending approach. So yeah, I'll, I'll check out. How about this one, Rush? You, you, you get invited once, once a year, you're going to be invited to a holiday party. Do you want to celebrate St. Hattrick's Day? Do you want to um, have, go to a new Bears Eve party? Or would you like to celebrate Mallow-ween? You know, I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but I'm still going to St. Hattrick's Day. It's not, that sounds like the most fun to me, too. St. Yeah, Hattrick's I, party? I just think there, there could be a lot of good stuff. And by the way, that hat trick might just mean like, it's like three fun things that you do on that day. Absolutely. Like St. Hattrick's Day, you, you you get in a, you run a 5K, you drink a six-pack <laughs> beer, and you, uh, uh, you, you you hurl insults at a relative. All right. so you know, that's, um, that's the hat trick. You want to stop off at your local pub for an alcoholic beverage? Would you like a gin and toxic? Would you instead prefer a fartini? Or would you maybe settle down for some gum and coke? Wow, you really did a good job of uh, when when you started with gin and toxic. I was like, it can't possibly be that. <laughs> and then we go to fartini, uh-huh. which just sounds the absolute. Worst. Oh, that sounds terrible. Like that's the last thing I'm gonna have is the fartini. And then a gum and uh, coke sounds like you could choke on it. I don't, I don't know, you know, like it sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, I, as I recall, as a kid, I was always worried about the combination of gum and coke because I was always worried that <laughs> if I drank 
a Coke while I was chewing gum, I might swallow it, which was, you know, seven years. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. I just, yeah, right. Stayed in there. Uh, so I haven't swallowed any gum for the last seven years, and I'm not about to today. <laughs> okay, so give me, give me this gin and toxic. All right. Mr. Danger, you're going to have a gin and toxic. All right. Last one for you, Rush. Um, you have to have a new first name. It's a new first name for you. Would you rather be Rash? Nope. Bush? Nope. Okay. How about Ruth? Rash, Bush, Ruth. Yep. Oh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pleased that uh, with Rush of those four. Um, <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Bush. <laughs> I, love, I love how often you're like, definitely not that one. Then you hear the next option. Okay, maybe that one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe I will that's do that an one. Centric billionaire situation right there. He's he's forced me to change change my name. Oh Bush thank, Howell! Thank goodness my dad didn't name me. You know, Barbie <laughs> Updike Sherman Howell. Bush. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I've tried to jot down some notes, so hopefully I'll be able to come up with five for this for this uh, return to the top one here. Great. So here's the situation. J.J. Abrams has hired you to come up with some hooks for either movies or television shows. And he says, don't worry about it because we're never going to end them effectively. So you don't actually have to be able to solve this or explain it okay. or come tie it together in any form or fashion. But we need something that we can throw out to the public where they're going to be like, oh, wait, wow, that's crazy. Yep. What an interesting start to a thing. Of course, this is based on uh, Lost where... Uh, these folks uh, all crash uh, their airplane onto an island and soon realize that they have all sorts of connections and, and mysteries that they didn't understand going into it. So okay. what are some things you can sell Abrams? And then he's like, don't worry, we'll just pull the rug out from I, people and cancel it after. I'll, I'll tell JJ right off the top, not all these are gems, but here's the first one. Um, lightning strikes this library while a librarian is in there overnight and each week, the librarian is transported into known works of fiction as a new character. So, like, Robinson Crusoe is now stranded on an island with this other character played by the librarian. Or Oliver Twist, has, there's another person in the gang of, like, young thieves that is this librarian. Or um, fill, in, fill in whatever gap. Every, so every week is a new known work of literature where this person is in there and affects the story changes changes the uh outcomes and known endings of kind of great works of fiction all right i have multiple questions i love this idea first of all is it the same actor or actress who who is in all of them or is it is the librarian going to take is their role going to be played by different actors and actresses as they go into the different works of fiction? It will be Quantum Leap style, where it'll always be the same actor, but the actor may look, actor or actress, um, but the actress may look different to the person who is within the story, if that makes uh, that makes yep. sense. Where we always so saw Scott those... Bakula, but they saw an 18-year-old high school student or what have you. And who who is your dream uh, actor or actress to play Scott Bakula here in this? Uh, who's going to be like having to play all these roles in all these works of fiction? Oh, Allison Janney. It'll always be Allison Janney. Great. What is the first? <laughs> give me 
first season, two or three works of fiction we're definitely doing. Yeah, we got to hit stuff that is kind of like, well, classic, but well known. So I think if you don't even like, it would be either Robinson Crusoe or like the Swiss Family Robinson. So something where you, if you don't even know the story, you still kind of know the story. There'd be a pirate one, maybe like a Treasure Island. That's really easy to, really easy to sort of, of grasp. Um... Oh, Rush, let's do To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, right, great. maybe a co-counsel for, for Atticus or something, something like that. Or we get to know a juror pretty well. Um, I love it. And one other one, maybe like a children's one, like a Winnie the Pooh or something, something like that with an, with an added character. Nice. Even if they wanted to have fun and, illu- and, and illustrate one animate or one, animate yeah. one, yeah, then they could be the voice of a new of a new animated character. Good. All right. Well, we got one show that we're uh, we've already sold that one. Don't worry about how it ends. Uh, and uh, next show. Yeah, it's um, it's a dude, and he turns into random animals at random times. So he could be right in the middle of a fucking board meeting and he turns into a polar bear and then just like has to and just acts like a polar bear, mauls people and shit, and then turns back into a dude like an hour later and has to deal with the circumstances or like take off or go on the lamb or whatever. Oh, he's going to be constantly on the lamb after committing all sorts of murders. Yeah, but he might just he might just turn into a parrot. You know, like as well. So it won't always be a it won't always be a man eater. It's really random animals at random random times. Like you can't impossible. Like he keeps on trying to date, but then you know, like he just can't keep a relationship going because she's like, "What happened?" You know, like and where where'd you go? You know, and all that kind of stuff. That one's my my least favorite. I think that one's my least favorite. Fruit fly. That's a disaster. Oh yeah, he's gonna get yeah. That one's that one's got the least legs. The next one is there's a cruise ship at sea, and while it's at sea, all land sinks. Ooh, okay, great. So for a while, they have all the all the stock up of you know what's on board and you know and all that, but eventually they have to figure out how to start eliminating people or feed. You know, why I don't know how many people are on a cruise ship. Like they have to figure out how to like fish or, or, you know, or whatever, maybe, or, or try to like find the sunken lands and see if they can get shit like that. But otherwise it's one boat in, in the world. And as far as they know, they don't have any way right now to contact other ships. We'll say all their means of communication left when landed. So perhaps all the vessels in the world are out there swimming and maybe they can get them together and try and create a floating floating city of some sort but um it is it is a show just rife with like sparsity problems of limited resource and you know and uh, and things like that and what happens in a kind of a closed society when when there isn't enough stuff to support everyone i like it can can we make the main character named noah and call it noah's ark but ark means uh like the the arc of his uh, story, not sure. the uh, absolutely. The we, we, of course, we, we can. That. Of course, gonna be gonna be a high budget. That's got a little bit of a water world uh, uh, concerns, but but yeah. that's a great one. You know, again, we're never gonna solve like why all that happened, but uh, what an interesting way to start a great. Yeah. One. So this next one's called our neighbor, our neighbor to the north, 
And it turns out for a hundred years, um, Canadians have been infiltrating the, the U.S. Um, slowly and, and, and like kind of getting in positions of power. And then one day, all of a sudden, they're all going to turn and try and take over the U.S. and, and make it just like annex it for, for Canada. Nice. I, I like that it, even that, even if it took like well over a hundred years, it was still faster than the March of the White Walkers uh, from, from the North in uh, Game of Thrones. So uh, that's already totally believable and uh, it should work. And, and this, you know, this, never mind that none of it makes sense. But, yeah. Uh, and this whole time, their like their reputation is like kindly and apologetic, and it has all been part of this law large plan just to to take over like someone who's been living in our attic and then just decides to take over the whole house, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. What are, what are some of the kind of sneaky roles that some of these Canadians have, have put themselves in like, oh, that are kind of power broker roles without people. Almost know. half the Senate is Canadian. Okay. Um, they tried to get the means of, since they did not have a strong kind of military structure, they tried to get people to rise up to positions of power within the Pentagon and military installations or missile silos, um, things, things like that. Some of the, uh, like, uh, like Bezos equivalent with Bezos, Tim Cook and like three, you know, whoever else like Warren Buffet, uh, would yeah. be, they would all turn out to be Canadians, all this, uh, accrued the um uh airline owners you know like means of transportation um major major town major city uh mayors so the mayor of you know chicago los angeles yeah all of those yeah all those are all canadians there could be like a storyline that like every 15 or 20 years they've tried to kind of test out a little bit just to get a sense for what the overall view of canadians is so like wayne gretzky was like one of their key leaders yeah. and he decides to they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna show his superiority and domination in hockey just to kind of see if people are yet receptive for the canadians to take over yeah and and they're like no not quite ready so we gotta we gotta take more all right we gotta order. uh and then the last one is called uh winifred's typewriter this is based on our friend shad kunkel's daughter winifred kunkel who for her birthday um, asked for a typewriter and she writes like these little sort of um, what could be read as philosophical um, uh, uh, statements or, you know, manifestos. So basically it's this little girl who, when she gets angry, she goes into her closet and just types stuff, but everything she types on the typewriter becomes real. And so uh, like, so uh, on, on a regular, fairly regular basis, the U S has dealt with like, you know, the purple, she's just right. Like the purple monster ate, tried to eat everyone. And then all of a sudden there's a purple monster and it's trying to eat everyone in the United States. And no one can figure out where these like huge cataclysms or problems or, or sometimes wondrous things, you know, like, like the money just came, you know, the money came out of the toilets and then everybody's toilets are just shooting coins out of it. Um, and so that's, it's all, it's, that's all. And cause she does it in private when she just wants to be by herself. She just goes to her closet, turns on like a flashlight and, and types, but it's this typewriter, everything typed on the typewriter becomes real. I like it. And Chad's the only person that knows about it, but he just never gets around to reporting. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he doesn't connect like, it. He doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. he's just like, well, I saw this paper that said, oh, the coins come out of the toilet, but I didn't think. I, you know, I thought maybe she wrote it afterwards. It wasn't dated, you know, like something like that. So, 
Yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> oh, man. All right, good, good. Abrams is. Uh, he thinks we got several uh, hits here. So yeah, we can ditch random times, random animal. That was that one wasn't. That's that's part of something else that that I, I think we can just get rid of until I flesh that out entirely. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, we got. I mean, we got a bunch <laughs> of winners here. Oh yeah. Um, gonna be great. Noah's Ark. Uh, you can watch. You can watch three years of Noah's Ark and not have to solve anything. What happened yeah. to the land? Who cares? It sunk. We don't know. Don't know. Don't care in finding out. Yeah, it's just kind of lost part two. I mean, it's yeah, just right? going to be all these uh, <laughs> characters who have these connections and so forth. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was lost. That was lost supper right there. And that was that was our show. We want to thank Nate for producing, and Julie and Emily and you guys for for listening. Um, what? How do they get in touch with us, Rush? They can find us at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. They can email us there and give us some situations. And uh, we've been picking up a couple since uh, uh, I've noticed over the last uh, week or two. And uh, if we get a few more, uh, maybe it'll be a good time to do a uh, listener uh, submission based uh, episode. I like uh, it. I like got it. A lot of good ones. A lot, a lot of it's about time they do uh, some work around here, Rush. Uh, what have what have we we written maybe I would say ninety six percent of these, right? I know. Jeez. I, I really feel like we've we've had to do the lion's share. Good right. gosh. Give us a break. Yeah. Yeah, let's get Winifred uh, Cuckle in here to just uh, <laughs> I, would, I would love that. I would love that. All right. Well take care everyone. We'll talk to you next time.